Josh Horton. You're talking to this thing. Like into it? You're talking to that thing, yeah. That's the mic. Oh. So we're all trying to get picked up by the mic. Oh, Josh Horton. Let's have a light conversation. Is that what podcasts are? Just light conversations? Nothing heavy? So how's the weather out there, guys? Pretty great. <laughs> what about that economy? It's good, it's good weather. It's on the up and up. That's how I like to start with podcasts. where we talk to reporters from the Gonzaga Bulletin about their stories from past issues. This week, we're I'm here with Editor-in-Chief of the Gonzaga Bulletin, Andy Bueller, and Managing Editor, Kiki Serantis, here to talk about a story about Dr. Melissa Click, who was hired by Gonzaga in the Communications Department. Andy, Kiki, how are you guys doing? Doing well. I uh, appreciate you uh, having us on in your uh, first edition of this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Doing pretty good. This this will be a uh, a podcast in the robust or soon to be robust Gonzaga Bulletin podcast network. Um, but in this edition of Reporters Corner, we want to talk to you guys about the Click story. Um, since you guys were the main reporters and the experts, I guess you could say on this matter, can you kind of explain to maybe some of the listeners that don't understand the story? what went into Gonzaga's hiring of Click and Click's controversial past. Yeah, so uh, the story broke. Uh, we broke the story uh, two Fridays ago. Uh, so it's about, what, 10 days removed-ish. So it's it's not new news uh, in, in any sense of the yeah. word, but um, Gonzaga hired uh, Melissa Click, who was fired from University of Missouri after becoming the center of controversy um, amid kind of a historical... A um, few months um, culminating with racial tension at the University of Missouri and uh, um, ending with the kind of the ousting and resigning of, of the uh, U- University of Missouri President Tim Wolf. And Click was caught in the middle of that just because um, there was a video that went viral of her, uh, for those who haven't seen it uh, by now, which uh, many people have. Uh, you can head to GonzagaBulletin.com to uh, our story. It's, it's it's linked in the story, but she essentially uh, calls for more muscle and uh, attempts to disarm a cameraman or a, what turned out to be a student photojournalist of his camera on public property. Uh, he was trying to cover a um, protest from Concerned Student 1950, which was a group that was born of that of that time and those those few months tensions. and the racial yeah. tensions surrounding that. Uh, so Gonzaga hired her after she was fired by University of Missouri. Um, a few months later, this is late February, she was fired of last year and she winds up fall of 2016 employed as a one-year lecturer at Gonzaga. She was actually charged with misdemeanor assault, but those charges were ultimately dropped and she ended up doing community service in lieu of that. Um, there was a lot of backlash in that uh, area. A lot of public figures had been wanting her to resign and been asking the school just because of the kind of tumultuous media eye that had been drawn to it. Yeah, and, and kind of the whole conversation last year that really kind of engulfed the nation of you know safe spaces, as particularly yes. on college campuses, she was really at the center of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she became the face of that just because of that one video. And so I think... I. We got this from the Kansas City uh, 
Kansas City Star, but there was a number that was like uh, some 100 lawmakers yeah. were um, kind of uh, pledging state education budget cuts to the University of Missouri, kind of adding political pressure if she were not fired. The the whole kind of sticky area that this this all kind of fell into was when the American Association of University Professors, the AAUP as it's more commonly known, in May released an investigative report saying that the University of Missouri wrongfully terminated Click uh, and did not give her the proper proceedings and uh, appellate process in, in, in firing her. University of Missouri ultimately decided to ignore that information and went along with firing Click. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's essentially like, and we can get into this more later, but it's, it's essentially like the NBA Players Union standing up for an NBA player. That's like, from a legal, you know, you, you have to understand that, that the AUP would side with the professor generally. But the fact that that extensive study was, was done, uh, and those were the findings, again, that study's linked the, on the Gonzaga Bulletin's uh, coverage of that. Um, something else that kind of came up afterwards, she did release a opinion piece on why she felt like she was fired, and this is another reason why controversy kind of continued around the topic. One of the lines in the opinion piece is said that more or less said she was fired because she was a white lady, and it was again kind of dragging this racial tension back into an issue that already had a lot of racial tension intertwined with it, but wasn't necessarily having anything to do with that. So it's kind of another component. What what makes this story so unique to Gonzaga, um, and particularly the Gonzaga Bulletin, is that Bulletin is really the only news source with access to Click and members of the Gonzaga Communication Department. And uh, to set the record straight, the Gonzaga Bulletin wasn't the first news source to get the information out there. I think we were beat by um, the higher... Higher education. Yeah, the, the it was it's the the journal? Jur- the journal of higher education yeah. and then the Kansas City Star about yeah, you know, yeah. ten minutes before us. If yeah, I remember, but both news outlets had the um, hard news before us, but the Gonzaga Bulletin is one of the only you know news sources with the you know the scoop and having access to the two main sources. Um, in our mm-hmm. case, being Click and people within the Gonzaga Communications mm-hmm. Department. Yeah, the, the department chair, the first-year department chair, Dr. Jonathan Rossing. Uh, Kiki and I sat down with uh, Dr. Rossing and Dr. Click um, on the Friday afternoon that we broke the story. And the interesting, there is a lot to unpack here. Rossing was a first-year, this is his kind of, he was just hired. Yeah. I don't believe he had ever been a department chair before. And his first order of business was he was placed on a three- member or three-person search committee to fill what was three openings within the communication studies department which and i should denote is separated from it's separate from the journalism department at gonzaga and two of those positions he had just found out about during the summertime so it was kind of an accelerated timetable we're talking here yeah and so this three-person uh search committee was uh, formulated and uh, from what they told us uh was that Click's qualifications uh, essentially outweighed everything that's happened in the past year. And they do have a point with 12 years at the University of Missouri. Seven awards, a couple of them student-nominated. She has, uh, you know, published works, a PhD. And she oversaw, from what for what they hired her, she oversaw 40 sections of the same class that she is teaching four of at Gonzaga now. She she oversaw 40 sections of that like last year at University of Missouri. And so she's definitely qualified. They they essentially the stance that was taken by the university was, you know, we 
her qualifications outweighed everything else. Um, from what happened after we broke the story with uh, the, you know, every, essentially every media outlet in the area picking it up um, and it becoming a really hot topic, not only in Spokane, in the state of Washington, but nationally, was that the university closed, closed its doors to uh, any reporter access. Uh, they, they kind of stuck with their statement. I believe there was uh, one statement, kind of a, a statement that really didn't say anything that was released this week by the university's uh, uh, director of PR. But that leads me, you know, that, that, we, that once we sat down with them and the story went out and the reaction that was received from uh, everyone within the Gonzaga community and then nationally uh, leads me to believe that they did not anticipate this type of negative reaction that they received. And I think that can be said of Click herself. Since then, I mean, you talked to a couple of her students, but she generally was thinking that she could build sort of, you know, this trust and, you know, build this kind of relationship with her students, and then maybe they wouldn't care about what happened a year ago. You mentioned, or I, I mentioned this before, that, you know, the Bulletin is the only you know, news source with, you know, access to the two of the main sources regarding this story. What was it like, you know, being in the interview with, uh, Melissa Click and Jonathan Rossing, and you know, what kind of reactions and impressions do you do you have from that interview you guys did with them? And we we had been, I think a key distinction here is that we'd been sitting on the story for about eight days, um, and we were really holding out. We the Bulletin had made an editorial decision to withhold posting anything about the article until we had both of the sources, mm -hmm. and we believed that we could secure the sources before kind of word got out. Yeah. And so the fact that we did that, I feel like re reinforces that decision. But going back to what your question, when we sat down with them. It already been kind of like pulling teeth, trying to get an interview with them at this point on the topic. But earlier that same day, that Friday, uh, Andy mentioned some tweet, uh, some yik yaks had been posted anonymously on Melissa Click. And so that kind of um, expediated the process and they were able to give it both of them were able to have a sit-down interview with us there was a lot of tension when we first entered the room I would say but not necessarily bad I think it was just it was more of like okay well this is this is how we're trying to portray this it's more scripted it was very scripted I think my first impersonation or my first impression of Dr. Click was why she's very media trained she had a statement prepared for us regarding anything within the past year at the University of Missouri, and we did prod that. We continued to ask follow-up questions that we thought could kind of border on the, it applies to the job the job at Gonzaga, but then the past year. And, and it's really hard to do an interview when it's just like, hey, we're sitting down with you face-to-face, -face, and you have this, uh, you know, two-sentence scripted answer of, you know, really happy, you know, I learned a lot of Missouri, really happy yeah. to for my opportunity at Gonzaga, you know. Um, but other than that, I'm not going to say anything else about Missouri. Yeah, so that that was uh, that part. It was it was like we got a sit down with them, but what they were, what she what she was willing to talk about was uh, very limited. They really wanted to focus on the future, and that's more or less a direct quote. Quote: We don't want to focus on the past. We just want to focus on the future. What she can bring to our mission statement. And then any other statement, they kind of either were like, no comment, or, you know, I don't really feel it's necessary, um, sort of along those lines. I will, uh, I will denote that the dean of the College of Arts and Sciences, uh, Dr. Elizabeth uh, Merman uh, Joswiak, was, uh, we were unable to secure an interview with her. Uh, we were unable to 
uh, reach her. What we did, I mean, I've exchanged emails with her, but we, she was not uh, able to sit down with us. She didn't make herself available. Um, also, Dr. Patricia Terry was not able to uh, sit down with us. Uh, she declined an interview and directed us to Dr. Rossing. Uh, so we really tried to cover our bases here, and the university made Click and Rossing available. Um, and then after that, kind of shut themselves off. You mentioned it was you know tough to secure those interviews with both of them. It was kind of you know a long process. It took eight days for you guys to finally secure that interview on that Friday, the day the story was posted. Might I add, what was that like to you know secure those interviews with Click? And as the news started to unfold that last day, you know what was it kind of like? I guess in the newsroom when all that stuff was unfolding and you're trying to nail down these interviews to you know get the inside scoop on this story that. What eventually became national news, it's a really big story within, you know, education matters and obviously within the Gonzaga community. Yeah, so that that Friday, that, that it, the story was published that Friday evening around 7.30. We had, as I mentioned before, uh, kind of made that editorial decision to uh, not publish until we had both of, the, both of their interviews. They had agreed to a sit-down on September 9th, so that would have been a week after the story was published. That morning... That Friday morning, uh, there were a couple of posts on uh, on the social media app Yik Yak that someone had been alerted to her hiring, and so uh, I felt that we had felt that you know once the word gets out, that our editorial decision kind of goes by the wayside in a sense where you know we've ha we've been sitting on this. Uh, once the word gets out, we need to write something about it. That's just our job as a news as a news outlet, um, especially as a Gonzaga. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, sh you know, theoretically, we should be the first on this. This is a yeah. Gonzaga hire. Let's, <laughs> let's what we've yeah. been combing through yeah. all summer. I think Andy spent something like what ten hours, twelve hours in the office that day. Yeah, I mean, we 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 knew that day that we had to get it out, yeah. and so uh, I had shot an email to, and click and said, you know, this, due to uh, this starting word starting to get out our editorial decision no longer stands and, and, and we, we feel that, that your voice, the story would truly be missing something without your voices and that's why we had decided to wait and uh, and from that we were able to secure a sit down that day. Why do you guys think it was the Gonzaga Bulletin that was able to secure these you know, these interviews with you know, the main sources in the story? I mean, there's so many times where there's Gonzaga-centric news that gets scooped up by, say, the Spokesman Review, KXLY, one of the local news stations. You know, why was it the bulletin that they're so, or, um, you know, not reluctant to give access to you guys regarding the story? Oh, a little bit of, and I'll let you touch on this too, Kiki, is a little bit of what uh, kind of my feeling is, is that I don't know that they thought this was going to, that there was going to be such negative national reaction from a PR standpoint. And so I'm not sure that had they known that, we would have gotten that access. Now, I don't, I don't want to say we wouldn't have, but um, that's, I mean, that's a thought that I, I continually think about that. Um, from, the, from the point of the Gonzaga Bulletin, uh, I mean, we cover the university, and so I, I, I would be hesitant to say that, that, that we should get scooped on this, <laughs> that we, we, we should have been the first ones on this, and I'm glad that we were. And also, I would like to say that I think that they trust us in a way with this kind of information. I mean, they have, I mean, with Andy and Christian, they came to you with the medical school partnership story beforehand because they wanted you to be, they wanted us to be the first to tell the story. 
I don't know if that actually played into this particular story, but I do know... Completely different from, like, a PR standpoint of, like, yeah. the med school. Like, yeah. You know, that's, that's something that they scheduled a press conference yeah. for. So. But, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I feel like at a certain level, they, they do understand we're the voice of the university, the students particularly. So, what better source for this to come from than the students? And, you know, we covered our bases. It's funny that you mentioned the med school because that was a story that the Gonzaga Bulletin was actually scooped on, unfortunately so. But there's been a, uh, a little bit of a change of pace within the newspaper with an online first mentality. Yeah, yeah. And that certainly played into this part of the story, um, able to get it up that Friday night. Which honestly, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm the digital, editor of the, a digital editor of the Gonzaga Bulletin. And that's not a great time to post stories. Usually people don't click on stories at 7.30 p.m. on a Friday for obvious reasons. It's this story did get a lot of a lot of play nationally and a lot of responses, uh, student responses, parent responses, just anyone that is familiar with Dr. Click's past and her getting hired within the university. What have you kind of, both of you being you know the main writers, I'm sure you get a bulk of uh, opinions thrown your way toward you know from students, parents, <laughs> etc. What? What kind, of, what kind of a reaction have you guys received from from the breaking of this story and? Uh, what kind of do people perceive, how do people perceive Melissa Click and how she'll fit in the fabric of Gonzaga? Before, I, before I, I go into kind of what the perception of her is, I'd like to point out that like we did put this story at the top as our top story in this week's uh, Gonzaga Bulletin mm-hmm. that came out six days after the story broke online. And there was a surprising amount of people who reading like students who reading the bulletin that was their first time hearing about this mm-hmm. six days after the event so like the the fact that that it did break that night i think that's kind of speaks to you know one how how p- students get their news like you said it was a friday night and uh you know every student uh every college student's inclination is not to be scrolling through their twitter feed or facebook or just refreshing the gonzaga bulletin website page <laughs> um <laughs> As much as we like to think people actually do that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's one or two of you out there. And not I'm wakened. sure. If, if, <laughs> if that, yeah. I'm sure there's a handful of people that just saw our headline, saw her face, and decided to post angry comments or to contribute their opinion to it. But um, as Andy said, when it came out six days later in our print edition, I do think it made even more of a wave with the at least Gonzaga community as far as the actual content of the story was going. Yeah, no, and, and some of the immediate reactions, um, I think it was fairly obvious, especially when it started to get picked up from uh, and read from people outside the Spokane community um, in different parts of the country, is that in a lot of areas and from my perception, for the most part, uh, what they know, what people know of her is from that, you know, that minute stretch of that video. Mm-hmm. And that's all they know of her. And, so, and, and I think that, that was fairly clear. Um, and, and not to excuse what she did in, in that minute stretch, because that, you know, led to her firing. And I, I don't think anyone's, uh, you, know, qu- you know, questioning that. But from the most part, the uh, response that we got was uh, overwhelmingly negative. There, there are two sides of this from my perspective, and you know I get to look at a lot of the Twitter responses and Facebook comments that we get on these types of stories, and obviously the story had quite a bit of Facebook comments, more than usual, um, a lot more than usual, I should say. There, there are kind of two sides to this story. One is 
what Melissa Click did was inexcusable. She should not be at Gonzaga. What is the university doing with this hiring? And the other side is, let's take a step back. Let's think about the fact that the AAUP investigation cleared her of any wrongdoings in, in what, what she did at that uh, student protest at the University of Missouri. Those are, there's kind of two sides, and there was a little bit, there wasn't a debate per se on the Facebook page, but there was um, people voicing their opinions in kind of two sides. Um, one, one such example, Dave Thorpe, a Facebook commenter, said, kudos to the Bulletin for writing this piece. I agree this is a debatable hire, but let's not gloss over the fact that an AUP investigated and didn't deem her dismissal from Mizzou appropriate. There, and then, of course, there are comments such as the ones from Trevor Hansen, also a Facebook commenter that said, as a student, this is disappointing to see. And there are more like that from Riley Alexander, uh, who commented on our Facebook page, wow, pretty disappointing in GU, pretty disappointed in GU. So there, there are really two sides of opinion on this. I don't think, like, like you said, I don't think anyone is you know, glossing over the fact that what she did at the University of Missouri protest you know, led to her firing. But at the same time, I think there are you know, two thought processes on this issue. And that's been interesting to see, not only on our Facebook page, but Twitter page. And you know, just overall um, reactions from students and parents that yeah. come talk to me personally. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure will, that's the same for you guys. And I think it will be interesting to see in the coming weeks just how the university decides to handle this, publicly at least. I mean, we are a Jesuit university. You know, it will be interesting to see how they come out in support or of Melissa Click. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And that, to harp on that, they, they have not said anything collectively, mm-hmm. and they have had very little response to this. Actually, um, all faculty have been told not to talk to the media at all, right? Yeah, no, there's, there's, uh, there's been, uh, you know, notes sent out, and I know from, from sources that, that, that there's been a lot of kind of, uh, not crisis aversion, but damage control meetings going on, uh, especially in the fall, in the the days shortly thereafter. Uh, but I, I think a, I think a distinction that's important is is that a lot of the most dismissive comments of her, kind of of, of her landing at Gonzaga, uh, not a great look for the university. But I don't think that nationally, a lot of people. 10 days removed from this are losing a ton of sleep over it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and, and, and I think that that's something that the, the university is well aware of. Obviously they, the, you know, the, the reputation has taken a hit, but at the same time, you know, do you think this, do you guys think this thing's going to blow over say in two months from now? One interesting, interesting thing I want to point out regarding Melissa click is that she is teaching four sections of a comm class that is typically reserved for freshmen. And at Gonzaga, freshmen, incoming freshmen at least, don't get to pick their schedule. Melissa Click was, you know, assigned to them essentially as a professor for this incoming communications class. They can obviously switch; they have the right to do so. But uh, no freshmen thus far have dropped out of her class, have switched, or, as to our knowledge, at least, um, according to. You talked to a couple of the students, right? What, what was the general mood around that? I spoke to a few freshmen in her class. Um, a few of them knew they figured out who she was after the story broke. And so that was after a full week of classes had already happened. And she didn't say anything in that first week I mean, why about would she? it. Well, I mean, I'm sure that that was, a, you know, there's a very, a lot she learned from, from those, um, from the past year. And the fact that she didn't bring it up, I think is very telling in the fact that 
she probably didn't want anyone to know. And I know it was only a matter of time before it did go out to the public. But on Tuesday, so Monday was Labor Day. After The Monday after uh, the news got out, it was Labor Day. Tuesday and Wednesday to her courses, she, from what I was told, uh, in, in, you know, addressed it very briefly and said, I hope that there was some trust established over the first week of classes. And so she did address it very briefly, albeit, but, and then, and then quickly moved on. I'm sure Dr. Melissa Click didn't want to be known as, you know, from the get-go, put her dirty laundry out there and say, hey, I'm this person you probably saw on YouTube video. I'm one of those girls. Yeah, I don't think she, she really wanted to be known yeah. as that. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily blame her for not, for not saying that. Um, and it does make sense that after the story broke, that's the appropriate yeah. time for her to get that out in the air to her students. But at the same time, I almost feel like maybe if she'd been more upfront with it at the beginning, it maybe not have had such a wow factor when the news was broke. The Gonzaga Bulletin uh, will be reporting more on this story on Dr. Melissa Click's hiring. There are incoming updates on the way on www.gonzagabulletin.com. Parentheses, shameless plug, and obviously the Gonzaga Bulletin newspaper. The Gonzaga Bulletin, this recent issue, uh, there are some interesting stories you should check out. We On our front page, there's a story about the drug culture at Gonzaga written by news editor Jared Brown, specifically dealing with cocaine. That is definitely a story that you should read, as well as a feature on Sodexo employee PGK, or otherwise, you know, commonly known as PGK, that you should definitely read. Definitely well written by uh, news editor Megan Carroll. Special thanks to Gonzaga Bulletin Editor-in-Chief Andy Bueller and Managing Editor Kiki Sorantes for joining me on this episode of Reporter's Corner. Like I mentioned before, this story on Dr. Melissa Click's hiring will have upcoming updates. You can catch those on www.gonzagabulletin.com as well as following our writers on Twitter. Andy's is at A underscore B-U-H-L-A. And Kiki Sorantes, you can find her at at Kiki, K-I-K-I underscore Sorantes, S-E-R-A-N-T-E-S. Thanks for listening to Reporter's Corner. I'm Josh Horton. I bet my favorite, like, response was some guy tweeted back, like, from your lips to God's ears. (laughs) (laughs) What?